our assigned text for this week, the first Sunday of Advent, comes out of Psalm 25, verses 1 through 10. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Do not let me be put to shame. Do not let my enemies exult over me. Do not let those who wait for you be put to shame. Let them be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, God instructs sinners in the way. God leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. For the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his decrees. The word of the Lord. Well, may the, the blessings of our triune God the grace and peace that God offers us be yours today and forever. Amen. Here's the thing you got to know about me. I am a camp guy, specifically Bible camp. I grew up going to Bible camp periodically. I actually worked a couple of summers at Bible camp when I was in college. And for the last 15 years, every summer, my family and I have gone to family camp at a camp out in Colorado. So camp is important. And the thing about camp one of the things you got to know about it, music is important. There is a lot of music. There is a lot of singing. And it's wonderful, and I love it. And what I have learned over the years is the truth of the idea that if you want to remember something, put it to music. It is a wonderful memory device. And to be perfectly honest, the second I hear someone say Psalm 25, I'm instantly reminded of a song. So folks, I'm going to sing. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O oh Lord. To you, O oh Lord, I lift up my soul. In you I trust, O oh Lord. Higher than the mountains, deeper than the sea. Wider than the ocean is your love for me. You're with me on the mountains in the valley below. Uh-oh, you are right here beside me everywhere that I go. Okay. I won't subject you to singing anymore. But here's the thing about this psalm and this idea. Even though that, that song is called Psalm 25, and the first two lines we do kind of hear, to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul, in you I trust, O Lord, those are from the psalm. But the rest of it is more of an idea or more of a sensibility that speaks into the person that this psalm is attributed to. Now, whether he actually wrote it or not, this psalm and many others are attributed to a guy named David. Now, David was the second king of Israel, roughly 950 years before Jesus was around. But before he became king, he was actually a shepherd minding the flocks of his father, Jesse. Now, David was the youngest of about seven or eight brothers, and because of his position in the family, he was the shepherd. So he was the one who was sent out to care for the flocks in and around their home area, which was just outside of what is now Jerusalem. Now, the terrain there around Jerusalem is very up and down. 
It's very rocky, very, very hilly. You might even call it mountainous, depending on your, your definition of that word. But there's, there's high hills where you could probably see forever, and then there's very low, very dark valleys. And as David was caring for the flocks, they would have been moving around through this terrain, up and down, up and down. There's another one of the Psalms. It's actually Psalm 121 that is also attributed to David, and it's one that I think about a lot. And that one says, I look to the mountains from where is my help to come. My help comes from you. And it's this idea that when trouble would come about, and it would, there were wild animals, there might be people who are threatening to, to steal the flocks, there's dangers that are, are present. When those times of, of danger happen, I can only imagine that David was kind of asking himself, where's my help to come from? And, and he would look around, and what does he see? Well, he sees the mountains, and he sees the valleys, and David remembers the one who has always promised to be with him. That's the sense that we have. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. You are the one who is with me, and you are with me on the mountains. You are with me in the valleys. You're right beside me wherever I go. You have made this promise to never, ever abandon me. Now, that's the sense that's from the song that goes along with this psalm. Now, why do I like this psalm? Well, I appreciate some of the language that is in it because I think it speaks into our lives of faith. I'm gonna grab, grab this again. I don't always do this, but I wanna look back and read it for you again. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths, lead me in your truth and teach me. This is the way that we desire to learn about following God throughout the course of our lifetime. It's not a one and done. It's not that we figure it all out and then we're good to go, but we continue to learn. Teach me, O Lord, help me to know your ways. That's the first thing that really jumps at me. And then there's another one that also jumps at me again. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions. As I grow, as I learn, as I turn back to you in times of trouble, Lord, don't remember the foolish and the hurtful things that I have done when I didn't know any better. Now, all of this speaks to our ongoing lives and specifically the reason that I really, really appreciate this, that I really, really like this is because this Sunday, this weekend here in the congregation that I serve, we are having baptisms. Not just one, not just two, not just three, but four members of a family are all going to be baptized right here together. And it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. And as I consider the, the, the rite of baptism, the practice of baptism, this, this event that we do, this thing that we have, this gift that we have been given through God, there are senses that go along with it that also line up with this passage. Within our tradition, the, the, when we baptize someone, it's not just that they come up to the font and we quick splash some water on them, although that happens, but there's also promises that are made. Now, typically, here in my tradition, we baptize as babies. Not always, and in fact, one of the individuals who's gonna be baptized is fully grown. But normally, we baptize as babies. And because of that, because of that practice and that view on it, there are promises that are made. Now, there are promises made by the parents. There are promises that are made by the godparents or the sponsors that come along with it. And there are promises that are made by the entire gathered congregation that together we will all do our part to raise that child in faith, 
to place the scriptures in their hands, to teach them the Lord's Prayer, the Ten Commandments, the creeds, all of these moments of faith or these aspects of our shared faith together, these practices that have been handed down to us from the generations that came before and that we are called to hand down to the next generation and teach them to hand them down to the generations that come after them. It's this wonderful gathering of, 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 of hearts and spirits and, and all of this stuff together through these promises. The promises to teach that child, to help that individual continue to learn God's ways, like we hear in the psalm. We are the resource that God uses in order to accomplish that. But that's only one aspect. What else is going on in baptism? Well, folks, there are baptismal promises, not only that are made on behalf of the individual, but promises through the scriptures that are made by God for the individual. Now, one of the things that I focus in on a lot through baptism is our baptismal identity or the claim that God places upon us. This is my beloved child. I claim you, you are mine. One of the other things that we believe is the gift of God in that we are being washed of sin we are being purified of that brokenness, and so God sees us as that beloved child not seeing the brokenness that is also a part of us. That is the promise that is made in that moment, and it is all made possible through the one who commanded it in the first place, and that one is Jesus. The last thing we hear, this is actually from Matthew's gospel. The last thing that we hear from Matthew's gospel is something called the Great Commission. Jesus gathers the disciples around him. He's actually already been resurrected from the dead by this point. And he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and remembering that I am with you even to the end of the age. That is the command that Jesus has given for us to baptize to be baptized, and to in turn continue to baptize. It is a command that is also a promise that God will always be with us. And that is made possible through the life and the death and then the resurrection of Jesus. The life in which he too experienced baptism, one that we share, and that one that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit just as he did, one that we receive the claim, beloved child, just as Jesus did, one in which all of this comes together for us to be reminded that our sin and our brokenness and all that is wrong in the world and within us is not what defines us in the eyes of God, but rather that claim of God upon us as beloved child. This is what is accomplished through the waters of baptism one in which that water becomes the tangible thing that we can hold on to and remember that these promises are true for us as we continue throughout our lives, as we continue to learn the ways of God and the paths of God and to do our best to follow it. And also the invitation for those times when we fail, for those times when the brokenness is stronger than we can manage, when we can turn back to God, we can remember the waters of our baptism and the claim that is made upon us and remember that all of this forgiveness of sins, claim of God as beloved child, all of that is made possible through the one who will be born at Christmas. That celebration that we are moving towards now as we are here in the season of Advent, preparing ourselves for the coming Messiah. May we remember that promise 
that the one who has promised to always be right beside us wherever we go will never forsake us and has laid the claim upon us through the power of Jesus Christ.